Wow, Jack, that's interesting. I didn't know Barry Bonds was your favorite baseball player. Hey, hello, and welcome to episode 29 <laughs> of Loogie. I'm your host, Zach, here with Jack and Andrew, as always. And we've got a great show for you today. We got a little bit of Mets news. We got yeah. some Jack hot topics, and we're going to finish off our card unboxing and complete our teams today. Let's start with Andrew with the Mets news. We we finally, I think we finally rounded out our Mets coaching staff. We hired a bench coach finally. I know everyone was excited to hear finally. the bench coach announcement after that story came out that it was going to be oh, yeah. a headline attention-grabbing hire, and then it ended up that wasn't the case for the bench coach. But we hired Glenn Sherlock, hey. who used to be first and third base coach for the Mets a few years ago. Ooh-hoo-hoo. And I think he also worked under Buck Showalter for a few years. So it's just someone that Buck knows and wanted to work with again, I guess. But I also was thinking, I don't even, I don't personally know what a bench coach does and if they're important at all. He says, hey, Buck, there's two outs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make sure he's not falling asleep. I always thought he just cleaned the bench for the players to make sure. It was oh, maybe. Not wet, because you hate sitting down on a wet bench that really makes your butt cold. So I thought that was kind of what he was going to do. I mean, that that would make sense. I just remember when we had Mickey Calloway as our manager, we specifically hired a bench coach with a, with a lot of experience to kind of help him out. Mm-hmm. And Calloway and then Rojas also made so many rookie manager mistakes. <laughs> that I'm like, why was the bench coach not telling him, like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Like, that's That's not what you're supposed to do. I remember very specifically one... Mickey Callaway move where he, I think he brought in a pitcher before the other team announced their pinch hitter. So then they were able to oh, bring yes, in a different that. hitter instead oh, yeah. because we already did that. Yeah. And it's, well, it's moments like that where I'm like, yeah. why is the bench coach not in his ear saying, coach. wait, hold off, don't do that yet? So I don't think a bench coach is important. But hmm. either way, we got Glenn Sherlock. It sounds like it's just somebody that the manager wants to hang out with every day. Well, I was just going to say, Glenn Sherlock is 61 years old, so it gives Buck someone to hang out with on the road. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, Glenn, let's go down to the hotel and have a couple of bourbons. Hotel mm. bar, you know, at least he's got something to hang out with. But also, Glenn Sherlock's lifetime minor league batting average is, four, is 250, which is 46 points higher than Hugh Quattlebaum's minor league. <laughs> Quattlebaum. Got it. We'll never forget Quattlebaum. He'll always oh. be the worst of the worst. We'll never forgive him. All I remember about uh, Glenn is that he had a great send when he was uh, when he was uh, third base coach. He really wheeled his arm around. It was great yeah, to like watch. He was tearing his rotator cuff. Oh every yeah, time. he, he yeah. freaking wanted you to go. He sent you. When he sent you, he sent you. He knew. Well, I think he made the All Star team that year as third base coach because his arm waving is so visible for the runners rounding. Oh yeah, it's bases. the best. It's very it's, easy to pick him up. Yeah, I, I've yeah. heard that in a lot of interviews from players. He has one of the best sends. Yep, Jack, let's point, get Jackson. to your news about something about the Cleveland uh, mascot name, the new well, name. You got a story this, for us. This seems to happen every time somebody wants to change your name and all because I, we missed this story. But this is this was pretty comical. Um, Impossible. As far as I'm concerned. So they actually took in 1100. They considered 1100 different names 
for this new Cleveland team. I think they had a contest. People sending in names, 1,100. Now, to me, if there's 1,100 names, at least 50% were probably like garbage, bullcrap names that were yeah. funny jokes and all. Yeah, a bunch of inappropriate ones for sure. But, you know, once they selected, settled on the Guardians, they – um. You know, they had a, They went through Marvel to kind of clear that. They went through the XFL because the New York team was the New York Guardians. Hmm. And they kind of made sure there were not going to be any legal issues going with this Guardian name. So after much consideration, 1,100 names to be considered, finally, the Guardians are selected. Well, they forgot to clear it with one more team, if you oh, can I believe know, this. I know who this is. I heard this yeah. story. The name of the team that they did not check with first was the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians are a co-ed roller derby team mm-hmm. that have been in Cleveland since since 2013. <laughs> now, you They took, were pissed. You know, they were pissed. <laughs> I mean, could you believe this? How could you not miss that? How how could you consider 1100 names and come up with a name that's already in your own city? That's how good the name was. It was already taken. It's like the St. Louis Cardinals, with the Chicago Cardinals of the NFL, they moved to St. Louis to be the St. Louis Cardinals, and they said, we're going to just keep our name the St. Louis Cardinals, same as the baseball team. And then, of course, the Cardinals moved to Arizona. But anyway, so I just thought it was mind-boggling. And then, you know, there's been yay and nay on, on the Guardians logo. Mm-hmm. You know, and they talked about some of the different logos that they were considered. They considered over 100 logos. And he had a design agency. Collins Design Agency was in charge of coming up with different potential logo designs. And you would not believe how similar this logo is to the <laughs> Cleveland Guardian Roller Derby uh, logo. It is amazing how close they are. So I think it's just a total farce. And I think it bodes poorly for the the Cleveland Guardians as they go forward in terms of performance. If you can't get this right, then you're in trouble. I agree. This is reminding me of the time that uh, the Macon Braves were deciding for a new name and you submitted Macon Sizzle sizzle. and they passed it up for, what was it, Macon Music that year? Or Macon Peaches? Very disappointing. It's it's so damn hot in Macon, Georgia. It's sizzling hot. It's See, sizzling hot. Sizzle. And what is bacon? Bacon. What is bacon? What's the sound of bacon when you put it on a grill? Sizzle. It's sizzle. So. Oh, it's brilliant. I remember that yeah. explanation when I was a young a young man, and I was like, "That is the best name I've ever heard." And I, I already had made a bacon sizzle jersey because I was so confident that was going to be the name, and then well, and then I threw it were, away. You were nine years old. <laughs> Your jersey was a white T-shirt and a crayon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was easy to make. It didn't cost yeah. me a dime. Uh, this this uh, Guardians thing is based on a statue, right? Like a or like something yes. on a bridge. Like a bridge, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess it makes sense that the logos would be similar, just because it's based on the same exact thing. But that is pretty. It's a circle with a little wings coming off it. Yeah. It's it, they really really should have. <laughs> How did they miss that? You're right. How did they miss that? That's insane. Oh, it's crazy. I think they they did settle out of court. They they did have to come up with some cash. They better probably, have gotten all the money they deserved. I'm sure it's going to pay the guard, Cleveland Guardian roller derby team salaries for the next ten years. Whatever they <laughs> yeah. got. You know. You know what I think? I think it was the owner of the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team that submitted the name, oh, hoping yeah. they would pick it and pick then back. sue the pants off yeah. of them. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, brilliant yes. move by him. Best owner yes. in sports. Yes. All right. Uh, what's next on the agenda? We've got the Hall of Fame uh, 
boating coming up soon. And Jack, I think you've you've looked into it, and I think you have a uh, a claim on who you think is going to yeah, be uh, I mean, deserving this it, year. It's, I think you know it's it's weird. Um, it's easy to look back at stats from old players and go, oh my gosh, look at those numbers. This guy should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a little different when you're actually, you know, have them in your memory and watch them play. And I think there's a couple players who are being deprived because of a variety of reasons. First of all, Kurt Schilling got 71% last year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that was his 10th year. So I, I, this is his 10th year coming up. So he'll get in. Bonds and Clemens both had 61% last year, so this will be fascinating to see what happens. Uh, of course, I do not think they should get in. Cheaters. Last year, last year fourth in a batting with Scott balancing with Scott Rowland at 53%. Now, 53% in his fifth year coming up is, is not a bad percentage because a lot of people are looking at Larry Walker of the Rockies who got in in his 10th year, mm. who was actually in his seventh year was still like – floundering around at the 30% mark. So the fact Scott Rollins at 53% coming into his fifth year bodes well for him. But Rollins is the kind of guy who gets forgotten as a quiet player, but he's ninth all-time amongst third baseman in war with 70.1. He's one of the few players under 70 or under 70 or over 70, I should say, who's not in. Eight gold gloves at third base, which is third all-time, a seven-time all-star, 97 rookie of the year. And his slash numbers are 162 game average, which I like. Is a 28 home runs and 97 RBIs. But amongst third baseman, he was really good. He played the same time as Chipper. He played the same time as Vinny Castilla, who was not a Hall of Famer, but had huge numbers playing in Colorado at third base. So Roland was often overlooked, and he was injured off and on quite often through his career. But I think here's a guy with eight gold gloves, seven-time All-Star, and the 71, 70.1 war, I think he should get in. Another interesting case is Jeff Kent, the former Met, I might add. Yeah, baby. But Jeff Kent's only gotten 32% here as he enters his ninth year. But just just listen to where Jeff Kent rates all-time among second basemen. Home runs, number one. RBIs, number three. Doubles, number four. And sucking percentage is number two. His war okay. is 55 now, this sixth time, he's been a top 20 MVP, eight times 100-plus RBIs with a lifetime 290 batting average as a second baseman. Hmm. So what are the knocks on Kent? He was never very strong defensively. He was not a great base runner. And his huge best years were in San Francisco, where he was batting fourth with Barry Bonds uh, was batting third. Uh. So what happened was, you know, everyone's walking Bonds. Mm-hmm. to get to Kent. Now, you don't want to walk Kent also, so you're giving Kent good pitches to him. You got to pitch to him. And so he was racking up. I mean, he was the MVP in one of those seasons, batting behind Bonds. His numbers mm. were so huge. Um, batting 325, driving in 100 runs five years in a row. So one of the knocks is that he was kind of riding Bonds' coattails. But to his credit, the last six years of his career, he was he left the Giants. He played for Houston and then L.A. and put up, still putting up like 20-plus home runs and 80-plus RBIs and batting 290. So he yeah. continued. The other knock on him is that he was a very late bloomer. His first five years, six years was with Toronto and then the Mets, where he wasn't really doing big numbers, certainly not Hall of Fame numbers. Steroids um, guy. So he didn't really catch anyone's attention until he was, you know, almost 
30 years old. Mm. Um, but I think if you, like I say, here's a guy, if you just look at the numbers as a second baseman, if you're looking at this guy and he played in the 30s with these numbers, you're like, oh, well, he's obviously in the Hall of Fame. But I like to see Jeff Kent and I like to see Rowland get in. And I've talked about Billy Wagner before, but Billy Wagner as a left-handed stopper, um, closer was phenomenal and had a long string of very, a lot of good years. And when you stack rack him up against Trevor Hoffman, who's in the hall of fame as a reliever Wagner, you know, edges him out a few of the key categories. So I like mm. to see Billy Wagner get in also, but so anyway, that's, that's, that's a week from tonight. I have a potentially, I don't know if this is a hot take or not uh, about the hall of fame, but right now you get 10 years to make the hall of fame, right? Mm-hmm. I think it should be one and done. Ooh. You're on the ballot for one year. If you make it, you make it. Yeah. If you don't, you don't. Because you got the same people voting every year. And I just don't yeah. understand what changes from one year to the next. Like with yeah. Kurt Schilling, he's been on it for 10 years. Yeah. He's not in yet. Why all of a sudden now are these guys going to be like, oh, now he deserves to get in? That's you're, like, you're either a Hall of Famer it. or you're not. Yeah, I think there's two reasons for that. One is that there is this badge of honor of getting in on first ballot, right? You know, only these guys got in at first ballot, which, so I think, and you're, you're right, Andrew. So when you know, you've got 10 years to vote a guy in, you say to yourself, well, is this a first ballot guy? And that's not really the question. The question is, is he a hall of famer or not? Yeah. So now it's like, well, is he a first ballot guy? Well, he's not so much. Is he a second year ballot guy? Nah, I don't mm-hmm. think so. So, these guys will slide. That's one reason they slide. It's a way and, to tier the Hall of Famers. Yeah, I think, you know, for some voters, I think that's what it is. And I think the other mm-hmm. thing that happens is maybe you start comparing, like, Schilling to guys who have retired, you know, after him. And then you start to realize no one has matched or uh, very few guys have come up to Schilling's numbers in the last Mm-hmm. Well, you have to wait five years to get not to before you're on the ballot. So very few guys have matched Schilling's number over the last 12, 13, 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is a Hall of Famer after all. I think that's also what happens. Now, I'm not disagreeing with Andrew because, you know, you, you're in, you're you're worthy or you're not. And your mm-hmm. voters have plenty of time to examine all the metrics and all the numbers and all the um, – What's, what's the word I'm looking for? That fancy big word for new things uh, that you guys do? Stat, statomatic. Yeah, I'm looking for st- <laughs> stats, <laughs> stats cast. Stat cast. Um, so that is, that is, I think, why that happens. But um, again, you could do that. You could do say, hey, you're in, in or not. And then, and then the Veterans Committee or whoever they're called the Veterans Committee these days will save your ass 10 years from now. Like Jim Cott just got in and um, Lou Whitaker just got in um, from the old timer committee. And, um, but yeah, you have those guys to save your ass after the fact. So anyway. Uh, I'm going to also do a hot take. <coughs> Sammy Sosa, great cub. He's getting oh, in this God. year. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Stop it. Sammy Sosa, that who put that cork in his bat? Who did that? It wasn't him. (laughs) It wasn't him. Oh, oh, who did this to my bat? I remember when he was steroids in my ass. He was a skinny (laughs) little dude on the White Sox before he went to Chicago, and then he bulked up, and uh, well, the rest is history, black history, but um, dark history, I should say. But yeah, yeah. Well, what Sosa get? Seventeen percent. Seventeen percent. Yeah. That's gonna 
turnaround this year, I think. Indeed. People have been talking about, you know, yeah, his character, and he's just he's just a good guy. <laughs> yeah. He's getting in. Plus, he got really ugly here in retirement, so nobody wants to see an ugly guy up there getting in. Yeah, I don't want to say anything thing. controversial uh, no. like that, so I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I would never call a baseball player ugly. Uh, oh, like never. No, we wouldn't, we wouldn't dream <laughs> yeah. of it. Okay, next week. <laughs> ugliest. Right. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, then he had that skin problem, too, but um, yeah, I remember that one. But, oh, uh, yeah, that wasn't yeah, what you were referring guys, to at all. Come on. <laughs> all right, let's get to the pack opening all this right. week. All right, we it's our last pack. Baby. We need... Yeah, this 14 is it. gems. We need 14 keepers right here, or next season is in serious jeopardy. No, no, I'm I'm gold, and I got I'm I'm gonna be wheeling a deal. Jack, you have like three players. Right? It's all I'll need to win this thing. <laughs> I think so, because <laughs> right me now. and Andrew only have two or no. one. Or yeah, zero. that's right. All right, who wants to go first? Uh, why don't Jack? Why don't you go first? All right, yeah, let me hold on. Yeah, let me open mine too. Let me crumple the paper that I've already opened it with. So, all right, here we go. Don't tell him how we do it. I go have ahead. a pitcher. Ooh, Tyler Wells, Orioles. He is a reliever. Oh, he's bad. Last year was his rookie season. Pitched in forty-four games. Had a point nine one two WHIP. Hmm. So I'm thinking this guy. Sixty-five strikeouts and fifty-seven innings. This guy could be um, a guy for me. He might, he might pitch a lot of innings for the Orioles. Might get a lot of appearances. So Tyler mm. Wells, you made the big club. Oh, nice. That's it. I guess I'll go next. Uh, just joking, Andrew. You go ahead, because this right. card is an All-Star Game card. <laughs> My first right. one is Geraldo Perdomo. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I like think somebody's got we've it. already gotten it. Yeah, Either way, he's him. not me, a rookie. Yeah. He had he only played eleven games last yeah, year, so tough. yeah, I don't think he'll be used. Yeah, let's just. I know we have to have respect for major league guys because it's hard to get to the major leagues. But oh yeah, they're awesome. Let's start talking about how much our guys suck if they suck. All right, heck with it. Go ahead, Zach. Well, this guy uh, is a <laughs> is a real sucker. He's All from right. my alma mater, though, University of Georgia. Oh. I uh, graduated in, it looks like, 2013. Uh-huh. And now it's 2021. He's been with the Dodgers, it looks like. He's, and then What's he, his name? He's, he's currently on the Reds. His name is Kyle Farmer. He's a shortstop, third baseman, currently on the Reds. Last year, he played 147 games, 529 plate appearances, so he finally got a big break last year. 16 home runs, 97 strikeouts, 22 walks, batted 263. So he's a consistent player. That's not a terrible batting average. He doesn't strike out a terrible amount. He doesn't walk a bunch. I don't really see much use for him, but he's going to play. So he's a nice little player, though. Yeah, he's going to play, I think. And he plays all three infield positions, so a nice player. Yeah, I'll trade him away. All right, Jack, go ahead. Okay, let's see. I'm going to tell you right now. This guy sucks. <laughs> oh, what a shocker. I've got Logan Allen, pitcher Cleveland, last year in four, in 11 starts. He went 2-7 and seven with a 6-2-6 ERA. Um, oh, that's pretty so bad. Yeah, I, he, must, he probably got called up midway through the season and um, did not perform well. Yeah, he That's was too tri- bad. in Triple A. He had a seven point nine five ERA in eleven starts. So 
Indians desperate. Next. Bye. All right. I have a guy who also sounds familiar, but I'm not sure if he's a duplicate. Jeff Hoffman, pitcher for the Reds. Yeah, I think I have him too. He is not very good. Had a four, five, six ERA last year. A one point five seven five WHIP. Um, was mostly a reliever. Started a few games, so he's probably won't make the rotation. So he will not be useful at all. Andrew continues to struggle. Oh yeah. Oof. Well, I not have got. Good. Another stinker here to go along with Andrew's plethora of stinkers. His name is J.B. Bukowskis, pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Played four games last year, won two, lost two, with a 7.79 ERA, 17.1 innings pitched, uh, (laughs) 14 strikeouts, seven walks. This guy is not good. I think he's probably already back in the minors. J.B. Yeah. Bukowskis. Yes. Uh, I've got Julio. Is it me? Yeah. Julio, Julio Teron. Probably oh. a pretty good pitcher for the Braves. We know, we know that guy. Went 0-4 in 2020 for the Angels. He went 1-0 last year for Detroit. He, he might be done. I mean, he's been hurt so often. But, yeah, he's probably done. That's too bad. Next. All right, I got Owen Miller, another Ooh. rookie, shortstop for the Guardians. He played in 60 games last year, batted 204, struck out 54 times. I uh, doubt he will get enough playing time to be anything useful. Probably a bench guy for them, so definitely a bench guy for me. Wow, sounds like yeah. the Indians weren't missing Lindor based on that stat line, if you know what I'm saying. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> got him, got him. All right, let's move on. Zach Davies, I've just picked him. I think I used Ooh, him last that's year. Good. Yeah, he's I think a I used him last year yeah, for walks. Sucked. Yeah, he got a 5.78 ERA. He pitches regularly. He was six and twelve. Uh, gave up 25 home runs, 95 earned runs, and 148 innings. Uh, let's see how many walks. 75 walks in 148 innings. He's a useful guy. So. Four and a half per. So, yeah, that's pretty crappy. Yeah, he's, he's useful. Yeah, Next. the Cubs. I'm sure he'll pitch for the Cubs. Okay, oh, I've yeah. got, let's see. He's their number two. I've got a guy with really long hair. Cole Tucker. Shortstop Pirates. Last year in 43 games, he played shortstop, right field, second base, Center field and first base, but he batted 222 in 117 at bat. So he'll be nothing for me. And the trend continues. Next. All right. I have possibly also a duplicate Jake Odorizzi, pitcher for the Astros. I think Odorizzi. Now he's still with the Astros. Had a 4-2-1 ERA last year and 23 starts. I think he was a guy that the Mets were interested in. As a fifth starter last year going into the offseason. And I think we had that whole thing with our original GM got fired and then the replacement wasn't interested anymore. So we ended up getting Taiwan Walker, which worked out fairly well for us. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, I can't see Odorizzi being a starter on my team. Me neither. I 
have picked Justin Williams, Canadian American hockey player for the LA Kings, I think. So let me find the baseball version of him and yeah, see how should. bad he uh, is. Actually, don't even bother. Uh, he batted 160 last year. You guys, did you guys know there was a hockeyreference.com? That's pretty cool. Yes. Oh, yeah. He played in 51 games, batted 160, 46 strikeouts, 17 walks. This guy will be back in Palm Beach or something uh, with whatever minor league team he's going to play for. Next. Indeed. That's you, Jack. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, dang. I've got, I've got Chris Bryant. What? He was a free agent. Future Met? Yeah, I think he's a future Met. No way. Get um, out of here. I'm not sure. You know, he's he's one of those guys who's kind of middle of the road. Won't Good do trade piece. Lot, but he did strike out 135 times. Strikes uh, out a lot. 44 games, about a 265, 25 home runs. Um, you know, he can get hot for you. He played third, right, left, center, first, and a little bit of shortstop last year. That must have been one inning. Um, but yeah, Chris Bryant, former all-star and future all-star next year. I hope he's a good piece. He's a good piece. Yes. And I got an interesting player who is another guy who I'll call a quintessential former Met. This one is Chris Flexen. Ooh, essential. Oh, well, he had a great year last year. Yeah, so he's exactly, he's just the classic former Met. He was a, not top press prospect, but like a mid to high level prospect for the Mets. Never panned out. In 2017, at a 7.88 ERA, then a 12.79, then a 6.59. So you just couldn't do it for the Mets. They ended up releasing him. He signs as a free agent with Seattle. This past year, he had a 3.61 ERA, struck out 125 guys in 179 innings. Hmm. Put just together a solid year. You know, not incredible, but a mid three ERA is yeah. really all you can ask for for a fourth or fifth starter. So it's really cl- classic, classic Met. Just can't do anything for us. He leaves, and he's a big piece for them. You know, I like to see the analytics on this guy because in 179 innings, gave up 185 hits, which is about one per uh, mm-hmm. 19 home runs. He only walked 40 guys, so he's good control. But his hits total and his home run total are not that impressive. So, be interesting. 100, 125 strikeouts in the 180 innings. So, but uh, hey, good maybe, for this Maybe maybe everybody just back. hits into the shift against yeah. this guy or something. Right. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll just ground balls that. that get through. Right. I don't know. All well, right, what do you got, crank. Uh, let's see. I got uh, Luis Gonzalez. He's uh. 54-year-old ex-Diamondback, but also he is an outfielder for the White Sox. He came into the league last year for the first time, played six games, batted 250, two strikeouts, three walks, no home runs, no RPIs. Bench player. Yes, he is. Do I go next? Yeah. Well, this is very sad for me because my next player is Juan Soto. (gasps) Oh. Who, um... Already has been taken, of course. Dang. My next player after that is Joey Votto, who's already been taken by Zach. Ah, man. So my next guy, I guess I might as well go ahead and do this. Dane Dunning. Ooh. Pitcher, right-handed pitcher for the Rangers. And real quick, 5-10 and ten last year. 
117 innings, 126 hits. So he made 25 starts. This guy has potential to get rocked in Texas. He could be <laughs> my Mike fulton of this season coming up. So I feel good about this. All right. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm not feeling good about this one. I got another rookie. <laughs> no. Another rookie. Patrick Weigel, Weigel, something. Uh, he's a pitcher for the Brewers. He only pitched four innings last year. Struck out nine, which is pretty impressive, but yeah. had a four and a half <laughs> ERA, uh, two whip. And the only interesting thing with him is he was originally drafted by the Brewers, didn't sign got drafted by the Braves, and then got traded from the Braves to the Brewers. So I think he, he was destined to be a Brewer, but I uh, don't think I'll be getting any use out of him. Well, based on the fact in the minor in AAA last year, he uh, had a 7.27 ERA. He may not Ooh, be destined yeah. for anything at uh, age 26. Yeah. That's a rough one. It looks like I have picked a relief pitcher, Tyler Zuber. Has anyone picked him? Name sounds familiar. I don't remember Tyler Zuber. He's got a 6.26 ERA, played in 31 games last year, 27 innings, gave up 26 hits, gave up 20 runs. Oh, boy. uh, 19 earned, six home runs in his 27 innings, 17 walks in his 27 innings. This guy cannot still be on the Kansas City Royals, (laughs) but we'll see. (laughs) Next. All right, I have an ex-Met. Hey! Glorious, glorious career with the Mets. Matt Harvey. Ooh, oh, with the dark uh, Matt night. Harvey made tw- Somehow Matt Harvey made 28 starts last year, going 6-14 and 14 with a 6.27 ERA. The only thing I can hope about Matt Harvey is that he has not yet officially announced his retirement because you'd have to make him perhaps the, uh, the odds-on favorite to be first of all the players we've gotten so far to announce his retirement. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. I have uh, another useless card. Andrew Kisner, I think is how you say it. He is the backup catcher for the Cardinals. <laughs> he like a backup catcher. does not get much playing time with uh, the force that is Yachty behind the plate. And even when he does, he hit 174 last year with a 281 on base percentage. Man. So, yeah, don't don't see much use for him, no. unfortunately. You know, it's really weird how rare it is to find a starting field player in this. It packs. really is. Like, I, so I, sad. Like, I there's mean, 99 cards in here. Well, when you have, let's see now, you've got nine relievers per team and five starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's 14. That leaves you at 12, and then you got your backups. So yeah. from a from a percentage standpoint, it is. Despite that, you're right. I mean, we can't. We're not finding anybody. All right. Sucks. Do, I do found I another nobody. I got Chris Owings, center uh, okay, outfielder and second baseman for the Colorado Rockies. He's been in the league since 2013, and I've still never heard of him. But in 21 games last year, he batted 326. That's, I mean, was, maybe something happened to him. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. 50 plate appearances, and he had one home run, 
Seven walks, 15 strikeouts, batted 326, played a bunch of positions. Looks like he was just kind of a guy who was pinch hitting all year. Um, interesting. Chris Owings, uh, I don't think you're going to be useful to me, but cool. You batted 326 last year. Next. I have another ex Met who also had a pretty good career at the Mets, Steven Matz. Oh. Starting pitcher now for Toronto last yeah. year in 29 starts. 150 innings, gave up 158 hits, good control, walking only 43 batters, striking out 144. So he is middle-of-the-road type of guy. Not sure if he's going to step up in any way any way in particular. But, um, you know, I have a, he has a good chance of him not doing, you know, maybe he'll return to form when he went 5-11 and 11 in 2018 and get knocked around a little bit. And, yeah. and so there's a chance of that. We'll see. I hope not, Stephen, but. Anyway. All right. I have a guy who I don't know if this is common or uncommon, but I just noticed it that on baseball reference, he's only been on three different teams, but he has seven different numbers listed, <laughs> which can never be a good thing. Uh, it is A Ray Adrianza, who is now on the Braves. Actually, I think he's a free agent, but he was on the Braves, technically, as a World Series champion, but he was there. Utility guy played everywhere, never mm. got any starts. Yeah. How, do you, how do you spell that? I can, I want to look it's, him up. It's uh, E H I R E. Well, of course, name. I should have known that. Yeah, e- come on. H I E H I R E. Okay, yeah, I see him. Wow, he's been in a, he's been around. Yeah, he's been around. I had never heard of him until this year just because the Mets yeah. played him a couple times. Hmm. Um, I mean, he has 728 OPS. That's Nothing special. I, he's a free agent. I don't even know if he'll sign anywhere. So will not 31. be useful to me. No, not at all. Hmm. His name makes for a good website to find a job on. But e hire, e hire. Yeah. I got a young man named Alex Kirilov. Sounds like a my, loser. As my next pick, uh, first year <laughs> in the league last year. Hey, man, hear me out. Hear me out here. Go ahead, go ahead. In 59 games and 231 plate appearances, this guy hit eight home runs, got 34 RBIs, stole one base, struck out 52 times, and he batted 251. So, yeah, he doesn't sound like a winner, but I wouldn't call him a loser. I mean, that's a little bit harsh on the guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, He plays first in an outfield, I think. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, now you want him, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, next. I've got uh, Charlie Culberson, Tucks. a former Brave, now <laughs> Texas. 90 games last year, 271 plate appearances. What's most attractive about Charlie Culberson is that he played third base, left field, first base, second base, shortstop, designated hitter, pitcher, and right field. So he's in poten- he's in contention huh. for most positions played by a player in a single week. Huh, too bad that's not a category. <laughs> well, not yet. Might have to be with these shites we're picking. Yeah, I'm telling you. All right, I got a real player. Woo! I actually got player who had the most war for position players last year. Oh, Started shit. all 162 games. Guy who I wanted the Mets to sign. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. Marcus Ooh. Simeon, hey, that's second baseman, pick. shortstop, hit 45 home runs last year, 102 RBIs, 
stole 15 bases even. He was an all-star, was third in MVP voting, gold glover, and silver slugger. So he will absolutely have a spot on my team, especially considering uh, the rest of my options. Wait a yeah. minute. You have Juan Soto, don't you? That is true. That is my only other right. good okay. player. That's, but, that's so his he, big name. He will probably so, be my home run hitter, I think. So where does that leave Marcus Simeon then? Well, I think Marcus Simeon will be my home run hitter. Soto will oh. be my walker. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then He'll after that. walks every single week. After that. So Patrick Wisdom is on the block then. Oh, maybe I forgot about wisdom. Ooh. No, no. Well, wisdom he can't. He can't a be piece. a walker. He'll, he'll be my. Oh, striker. definitely not. He could definitely be a strikeout guy, though. Yeah. I'm interested in wisdom. All right, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk. He doesn't walk. Do you think that he walks? He doesn't walk, but he strikes out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He strikes out a lot. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, you already have that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I got. A guy who I'm sure I won't be able to use, but he's making a beautiful diving grab. The ball's not in the shot, but I'm assuming he makes <laughs> it. Miles Straw. Uh, let's see. He, in Miles 2021. Straw? He could still Miles some bases, Straw. He, he, let's see. 121 strikeouts and 638 plate appearances. So he played a lot. So on bases 30. I mean, that's not terrible. Batted 271. Probably second in the league with 30. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, this guy plays, so he has more potential than almost everybody oh, yeah. else in my, uh, in my box here. Oh. Sorry, uh, straw man. I didn't, I didn't know you, who you were. He played how's for this, the Astros, huh? How's his defense? How come we don't get this guy? Oh, now he's on Cleveland. That's probably better. He'll get more playing time there. He walked 67 times. That's not terrible. What's his, what's his OBP? 350. 349, yeah, 350. Mm. Yeah, he's not terrible. To, he's a piece. To, yeah, we might want to get him on the Mets. Bench guy. All right. Well, I, I, I'm done. That was my last card. Okay, I still have a few. Well, my next one is I finally got my patch card. Nice. It's yeah, uh, Justin Verlander. Ooh. And then my next actual card is a former Cubs prospect. Woo. Now. White Sock, Eloy Jimenez. Oh, yeah, he's a beast. He's a guy who can hit home runs. He seems to always get hurt in like really random situations. I think last year he was trying to rob a home run in spring training and mm. he got hurt and he missed two thirds of the season. He only played in 55 games. But mm. his rookie year, he hit 31 home runs. Then in 2020, he hit 14 in 55 games. And then last year he hit 10 in 55 games while he was coming back from an injury. So he's always got a, has had big power. So he's also another option for home run hitter or maybe strikeout batter. Okay. So we got back to back potentially useful cards. There. So can't complain. I'm not liking how this is going all of a sudden. All right. Zach, <laughs> what, do you, what do you got? Uh, I've pulled Garrett Whitlock. Looks like a relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. First year in the league last year. Mm. ERA 196. Uh, was 8-4. Eight, eight and four. He pitched 73 innings. Gave up 64 hits. Uh, six home runs. 16 earned runs. 17 walks. 81 strikeouts in 73 innings. So he seems like he's a good relief pitcher that might get some appearances next year if we end up doing uh, uh, appearances. 
So yeah. yeah, he does look pretty good. Interesting, interesting guy here. I might have to look into what his pitch selection is. What, what's he, he is, throwing? He's a rare multi-inning guy because he pitched in forty-six games and pitched seventy-three innings. Ah, um, and he only seventeen walks. Yeah, it's true. Eighty-one strikeouts. This guy's got potential here. I yeah, baby. Andrew, you got anybody else, or are you out? Yep, I got four more cards, actually. Okay, wow. So what? my next one is a Met, but most people probably won't even know that he's a Met. Uh, Franklin <laughs> Franklin Killame. He's a pitcher. I think we got him in the Asdrubal Cabrera trade a few years ago. Uh-huh. He had some solid minor league numbers, was always like a low three, high two ERA guy. And I think he needed Tommy John and pitched, let's see, pitched for us in 2020 out of the bullpen, 11 innings, but had an 11 ERA. So probably won't be making, and hopefully won't be making any appearances for the Mets this year. Uh, But yeah, he's just a a minor league bullpen guy. 6'6", 175. Yes, he's a big dude. Oh, yeah. All right, this is my last card here tonight. Got starting pitcher Carlos Hernandez of the Kansas City Royals. Mm. Play pitched eight games. Looks like no. Play, sorry, sorry, not even close. Twenty-four games was six and two with a seven fifty ERA and eighty-five point two innings pitched. Sixty-nine mm-hmm. hits, thirty-six runs, forty-one walks. This guy seems like. Uh, yeah, he seems like a and bench he looks pretty guy, pissed but, off. Out but of his that baseball that might be good, you know. You either want him to really suck enough, like just the right amount, to stay yeah. up, and he might be one of those yeah. guys. Might he might? You're right. He might go six and eighteen and last the season. Who knows? That's right. That's right. All right, Andrew. All right, I'll bring it home. My first one is Eric Gonzalez. He Ooh. is a infielder. Says he's on the Marlins, but then it says minors in parentheses. So it's never a good sign if you're on the Marlins and didn't even crack the major <laughs> league team. Yeah, uh, career great. 245 hitter hit 232 last year. So he will not be usable. My next one is Steven Duggar, who is an outfielder for the Giants. I think had a pretty good year last year, considering. The rest of his career hit 257, eight home runs, 35 RBIs, nothing special. No. He stole seven bases. So seven yeah, he, seven for seven in stolen bases. Well, we'll take that. Ooh, if we if we have yeah. a category for stolen base percentage, yes, maybe uh, he'll be up there. And then my last card, Mister Irrelevant, is probably the perfect card for that because <laughs> we already pulled him like three times. <laughs> Chris Archer. Oh, pitcher for yeah, baby. whoever. I think he's a free agent, but I already have at least one of him. I think Jack might have one of him. So I have him too, yeah. Won't even t- touch on that. No. Beautiful. Yeah, he's, Is that it? Is that everybody? That's it. Everybody. Well, there you go. Everyone, if you've listened to the last four episodes, you know how crappy our teams are going to be next year. Uh, that was fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, that was fun. I learned a lot of names that I already forgot. Yeah, yeah I've been taking notes. There's some sleepers I'm looking to steal. For, I mean, deal for for you. From oh, oh. no, I wouldn't. 
you know, I'm not doing business with you. I'm not, it's not like I can fool you into. You're the reigning champ. I'm not going to trade with you. No, but yeah, I think we all need to start thinking about categories and how to work certain categories. Like with appearances, I was thinking that might be once every two weeks. Oh, because we might we have cycle in. Well, I'm just saying you might have too many guys. Oh, he pitched twice. He pitched twice. He pitched twice. You know, or three times. You know, might be. Yeah. Um, I think also, I think the retirement thing is is not a bad idea. Um, it's one to keep our sure. eye out for. I'm not sure how we get notified that somebody has officially retired, <laughs> but you know, um, maybe we could come up with each of us could come up with a list of five players from who we drafted to be on the potential retirement uh, announcement list. Uh, you know, things like that. But we need to start thinking about those kinds of things to uh, yeah. How to best how to um, fine tune what we've got going on? Yeah, we got to put on a good show for our listeners. Well, the, the one thing about it about the uh, about this when we're doing it during the season, sometimes I think it takes too long to go through those categories. Yeah, um, but I think it's still more than worthwhile to do it um, because it's mostly fun for us. Who gives a shit about that guy listening over in Denmark? Whoa, I do. But, <laughs> I care. I love him. But, um, I love Sporgenborg. Yeah, Sporgenborg. So, um, yeah, okay. Well, I, I think I said just we need to start thinking about those kinds of things. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Danes. And speaking of Danes. Don't you have a quiz for me tonight? No, I don't. Was I supposed to? Well, I mean, that's always a good way. I mean, I can ask you a question if you want. I've got, I've actually got a paper on hand that has some, some questions on it. If you want to hear them, all right for us, for Andrew and I. Yeah, let's let's do some questions. Uh, all right, we'll start off with uh, when was the green monster painted green? What year? Was the well, green was monster built? painted when, green? When was it built is another question. I don't think it was built like that in 1912, but maybe it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. A, well, it ha- also had a hill back there before. It was. Yeah. It was very different. There's lots of different I mean, uh, changes. In, 19, in 1912, I believe it was that year, Walter Johnson faced Smokey Joe Wood. Smokey Joe Wood was a young fireballing pitcher for the Red Sox, and he had a fantastic record that season. He was like 16 and 1. So when Walter Johnson faced Smokey Joe Wood at Fenway, yeah, they put ropes, and this was not uncommon even in the World Series. They would put ropes along the outfield, and that became the new wall because they put fans between the outfield wall and the ropes. But hmm. that Smokey Joe Wood Walter Johnson game was a uh, a game in which they put ropes around the uh, around the outfield as as the wall. But okay, what year, Andrew? What year do you think? So you said it opened in 1912. I'm going to go for 1923. I'm going to go 1937. Very close, Jack. It was 1947. Okay, when it was painted green. What was it before that? I believe it was just a bunch of adver- advertisements on well, wooden, uh, yeah, that's on true wooden, uh, yeah, fence, and then they painted it green. There was no advertisements on it for a long while. You know that is something of interest. That that's something that's changed over the years. I mean, if you look at, at pictures from ballparks back in the 30s and 40s into the 50s, there was advertising all over the walls, and then it just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. 
And then it came back. So I don't know if at some point they decided no more advertising in outfield walls because there was none at at all in the in the, in, in the 60s and in the 70s and even into the 80s. No outfields had, but now they do. But they do. Do you remember when ads returned to the Green Monster? No. Do you guys yeah, want to guess? This is another is, uh, question. Uh, this is after 86. So I'm going to say 1993. 89. It was 99 when the ads returned. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure there was some ruling that said no more ads. And then they said, uh, what the hell? Ads again. Screw it. Money. Yeah. Money. So well, that's a good question, Zach. Thanks listened to a podcast about the history of the green monster the other day. It was very oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think I won the quiz. <laughs> oh, go. good job. Uh, thank you. Thank you. You guys were, <laughs> you guys Suck. didn't listen to that podcast. Come on. Suck. The great one. All right. Let's get to our last topic of discussion for today. Jack, did you listen to oh. Bone Iver. Yeah, let me get up. In fact, I even watched some of a live concert that he had at Radio City Music Hall last year. Ooh, cool. He had a full band. And um, was Kanye because, there? Uh, no, he was at a birthday party for somebody. Hey. Um, <laughs> Chicago. Chicago West. Oh. Um, didn't you read he that? Knows, he knows the names. He knows the uh, names. I, I know he keeps up on. with the Kardashians. All right. Well, who does Zach? You want to start? Sure, I'll start. All right. Um, this was an album that when uh Andrew described it as you know he went into a cabin and you know spent five weeks and came out with this album. You can mm. really tell it's a cabin album. It's very kind of like peaceful. You feel like. Cabin you feel like them. you're in the cabin with him. You feel like you're just out in the mountains in the in a cabin. It's beautiful uh instrumentals, nice uh he's got a nice voice. I love the songs uh C- Creature Fear, uh Flume and Skinny Love. Those were my favorites. Uh I thought that this was a very enjoyable. It's a very relaxing album. It's like yeah. nice to have on in the background while you're doing something. I will give this a 7.4. Ooh, 7.4. Yes. Good rating. Justin Vernon of Bon Iver. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing as you, Zach. Um, He went up to Wisconsin. uh, He was up in Wisconsin at a remote cabin and recorded this himself. And you could tell it has that haunting... His voice is haunting to begin with, and a lot of the songs have that mm. haunting, atmospheric, very chill feel for it. In fact, somebody was online saying this is the record that they, they go to sleep with at night. Um, yeah, very peaceful. So, yeah, it was very peaceful, and I like I like the fact how it does bring forth that, that remote cabin feel. Um, mm-hmm. so that was really good. I liked Lunks, Lump Sum because it has a little percolating guitar in the background. And I also had Creature Fear as one of my, as my two favorite songs. And it was really interesting to see the, um, the Radio City. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's concert at Radio City Music Hall last year. I mean, he's got a full band and they're all cranking. So um, that, was, that was pretty interesting. Cool. But yeah, I gave it, I gave it a 7.5. Nice. Higher nice. than you, Zach. Yeah, just barely though. <laughs> kind of like you almost just based it off of mine and went slightly higher. 
kind of like that. But maybe, know. maybe. <laughs> I think uh, we've had you know we've had a few albums that which you guys both said that we we almost, we categorized as like mountain music. Yeah, and this absolutely falls into that category. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I liked about it most is it sounded very real. I guess I would say like you can hear the guitar strings a lot mm-hmm. and it almost sounds like you were sitting there right in front mm-hmm. of them when when they recorded it rather than some albums almost sound like a little bit too perfect but this just seemed like really real and really raw and super peaceful I actually did throw it on one night when I was trying to fall asleep because I think it is really good music for that and yeah, I, I found it very enjoyable, very relaxing. My favorite songs, I like The Wolves, Creature Fear, and Skinny Love were probably my top three. I think Skinny Love is the most popular song. It's probably in a bunch of movies or mm. whatever. I feel like it's a, a good type of song for that. But yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I want to listen to a few more of his albums so i had given it an 8.1 because i i definitely enjoyed it all right right. yeah i think that was a very very good album hopefully soon we'll have a a bracket for the 2021 uh, music that we listened to in in 2021 and we'll have Mm -hmm. a discussion a further discussion about these these albums because i'm having a good time listening to them well, and, uh, just 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 to interject real quick, I was heading to that see a Happy Fits in Atlanta last yeah. month, and my car broke down. Mm-hmm. Well, they just announced a whole new leg of their tour, so I've got tickets to see the Happy Fits in Asheville, North Carolina, on March second. So I'm hoping my car doesn't break down and uh, I get a chance to see the Happy Fits after all. So. Yeah, if it breaks down again, then you're just not meant to see them live. Yes, I am not. I am not. But anyway, all right, boys, excellent show tonight. You guys were on fire as usual. You, I thought you guys were great as well. I thought this was a great show. But mm. I can't end it here. I have to suggest my album Ooh. for next week to discuss. And this week, I'm going with Theophilus London. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mm. Some people just call him Theo. But Theophilus London. He had an album released in 2020 called Bebe. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the genre it's under is labeled New Wave Caribbean. When did this album get released? 2020. All right. Well, his last album prior to that was released in 2014. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, checking this out, Zach. I like that category of music. All right. Yeah, I've heard, I think, one song off this album. And it's fun. It's a fun song. So I was like, I should listen to more of this guy. I haven't listened to it because I'm waiting to get the raw, full experience with you guys. And we'll talk about it next week. Indeed. Looking forward to it. Oh, he does a song featuring Tame Impala. He does do a song featuring Tame Impala. That's the one I know. That's how you caught on. All right. That's how how I find out things. All right. Looking forward to it. Well, thank uh, thanks you, everybody. For joining us for episode 29 of Lugie. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us next Thursday for episode 30. That's a milestone. 3-0, baby. Tell a friend. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Lugie Podcast. 
find us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. You know, all that podcaster talk that they do at the end. Follow Andrew. Follow Andrew on Facebook. I'm not going to give you his last name, though. You got to find him. Jack, he's on uh, MySpace because he's old. I'm on on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) He's on drugs on MySpace. He live streams it on MySpace, but nobody watches. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, We love you.